and welcome to Episode 2 of the Magic Music Review Podcast. I'm Jim Spangler, your host. Join me as we talk about our love of Disney music. Each week we'll talk about a new part of our passion for Disney music. It could be a song, a movie, a short film, a Broadway show, a Disney park, or one of countless other forms Disney music takes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Magic Music Review. of the Magic Music Review, we're going to talk about the 2010 Disney animated feature Tangled. Tangled was the 50th animated feature to be released by Disney Animation. It was preceded by The Princess and the Frog, and Winnie the Pooh came after it. Uh, It premiered at the El Capitan Theater on November 14th, 2010, and then went into wide release on November 24th, 2010, which was Thanksgiving weekend. It was produced at a cost of $260 million. That makes it the most expensive animated feature ever made, if those numbers are correct, and the fifth most expensive movie, animated or live action, ever made. Those are pretty astounding statistics. It made $591 million in box office worldwide. $200 million of that came from the United States and Canada. The story was inspired by the Brothers Grimm story of Rapunzel out of Germany. The movie was originally named Rapunzel, but at the last minute was changed to Tangled. Uh, Story is that marketing thought that that would appeal more to boys than the name Rapunzel. But if you ask the animators and Glenn Keane, they say that the name was changed because Flynn Rider became such an important part of the movie, and they thought Rapunzel didn't really represent that. I'm actually going to read the plot summary from Wikipedia because I think they do a great job of telling what the movie's about. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Uh, If you don't want to know about the film and you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to know how it turns out or anything, please fast forward about three or four minutes uh, while I read this so that I don't spoil anything for you. This is directly from Wikipedia. Long ago, a drop of sunlight became a golden flower capable of healing illness, decay, and injury. Hundreds of years later, the flower is still being used by Mother Gothel to retain her youth until soldiers from nearby kingdom Corona steal it to heal their ailing queen. Shortly afterwards, the queen gives birth to Princess Rapunzel. While attempting to recover the flower, Gothel discovers that Rapunzel's hair contains the flower's healing properties, and that cutting her hair destroys its powers. Gothel takes the baby and raises her as her own daughter in an isolated tower. Once a year, the king and queen release sky lanterns on Rapunzel's birthday hoping for their daughter's return. On the eve of her 18th birthday, Rapunzel requests to leave the tower and discover the source of the lanterns, but Gothel refuses, claiming that the outside world is a dangerous place. Meanwhile, thief Flynn Rider steals Rapunzel's crown from the kingdom and inadvertently discovers the tower after ditching his allies, the Stabbington brothers. 
Rapunzel captures Flynn and discovers the crown, but is unaware of its significance. Rapunzel plans to take Flynn to Gothel to prove she can take care of herself, but Gothel becomes angry. Rapunzel then asks for a special paint that will take Gothel three days round trip to obtain in return, and Gothel accepts. Rapunzel convinces the reluctant Flynn to escort her to see the lanterns in exchange for the crown. Flynn takes Rapunzel to the Snuggly Duckling, a pub filled with frightening people Gothel warned Rapunzel about, but who instead are charmed by Rapunzel's innocence. Royal soldiers, led by one of the army's, Royal Army's lead horses, Maximus, arrive in search of Flynn. Rapunzel and Flynn escape, but are then trapped in a flooding cave. Resigned to his fate, Flynn reveals his real name, Eugene Fitzherbert. Rapunzel starts to reveal that her hair glows when she sings, but then realizes that this is their key to escape. Her hair provides enough light to find a way out of the cave. Eugene and Rapunzel take refuge in a forest where Gothel, now in league with the Stabbingtons, gives the crown to Rapunzel and suggests using it to challenge Eugene's interest in her. Maximus finds the pair and tries to capture Eugene, but Rapunzel arranges a truce in honor of her 18th birthday. The group reaches the kingdom and enjoys the festivities, culminating in an evening cruise as the lanterns are released. There, Rapunzel gives Eugene the crown. When he sees the Stabbingtons on the shore, Eugene leaves Rapunzel and intends to hand them the crown. Instead, the brothers tie Eugene onto a boat and confront Rapunzel, saying that Eugene is escaping with the crown. Gothel sets a rescue by betraying the brothers and returns Rapunzel to the tower as Eugene and the Stabbingtons are captured. Back home, Rapunzel recognizes the symbol of the kingdom, which she has subconsciously incorporated into her paintings over the years. Realizing that she is the long-lost princess, she confronts Gothel. As Eugene is sentenced to death, the duckling regulars help him escape. He is then carried back to Gothel's tower by Maximus. Eugene enters by climbing Rapunzel's hair, only to find Rapunzel bound with chains and gagged with a handkerchief. Gothel stabs Eugene and attempts to escape with Rapunzel. But Rapunzel agrees to lifelong captivity if she is allowed to heal Eugene. As Eugene slowly dies, he slices off Rapunzel's hair, destroying its magic and rapidly killing Gothel as she disintegrates into dust. A heartbroken Rapunzel grieves for Eugene. However, her tears, which still contain a bit of the sun's power, land on his cheek and restore his life. The two return to the kingdom and Rapunzel reunites with her parents. The kingdom breaks out in celebration and Eugene is pardoned for his crimes. Rapunzel and Eugene eventually marry. I love the story. Such a great story. And and the twists and turns that they made with it are so good. And Eugene, um, the journey that he goes on is so great. I love... One of the things that I love about the story is that Rapunzel uses a cast iron frying pan as a weapon. So great. And then eventually at the end, all of the soldiers are using cast iron frying pans because they, of course, never knew that it could be such a great weapon. Uh, But I just love the story and I love the movie. I think it's so good. So Rapunzel was in development for 14 years by Glenn King. And in 2006, uh, he was about to drop the feature. But that is the time that Ed Catmull and John Lasseter took over Disney Animation, uh, and they wanted him to continue developing the movie. 
In 2008, uh, Keen stepped away, uh, stepped down, and was replaced by Byron Howard and Nathan Greno. And it was later released that Keen stepped down because he had had a heart attack in 2008. Um, it has an amazing voice cast. Uh, Mandy Moore plays Rapunzel, and uh, Zachary Levi is Eugene Flynn Rider Fitzherbert. Donna Murphy, a great Broadway actress, is Mother Gothel. It also includes Brad Garrett, Ron Perlman, and Jeffrey Tambor. Such a great cast of characters. It was done in 3D CGI animation, uh, but they wanted it to replicate the look of a Rococo painting of The Swing by Fragonard. If you don't know what that looks like, look it up, uh, and you can definitely see how they gained their inspiration from that movie. Keen really wanted it to look like that and be in that style. The hair was particularly hard to make realistic, uh, and they tried lots of different things, eventually settling on the technique that they used for the movie Bolt to get the look that they wanted, especially underwater. And they wanted to use non-photorealistic rendering, uh, but they wanted to get a look that, that combined traditional animation with CGI. And I think they accomplished that. I think they did a great job of making it look like it was a combination of the two, um, which I truly appreciate. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie to watch, especially in the Blu-ray version. The colors are just outstanding. It really did a nice job with that transition. Let's start talking about the music, because uh, that's what we're all here for. Um, the film was composed by Alan Menken, with lyrics by Glenn Slater, uh, and they wanted to combine the style of medieval music with folk rock. I think they did a nice job of that. They even threw in a little bit of Broadway in there um, and some really good stuff. The soundtrack was released on November 16th, 2010, uh, and the soundtrack peaked at number 44 on the Billboard 200 chart. Uh, it got up to number 7 on the soundtrack chart and number 3 on the Kid Albums chart. Uh, it has some great songs in it that we're going to talk about, um, and I think they really did a nice job of capturing the mood of the film. I mean, Alan Menken is so good at that. I mean, he is who wrote the music for classics like The Little Mermaid and Aladdin and uh, Hercules, which I love. We'll talk about that one day. That's one of my favorites, especially the music in that. And so they really did a nice uh, job of creating an atmosphere for... Uh, the movie. Really just beautiful. So, let's start talking about it. The movie opens uh, with a prologue that uses an incantation healing song, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, but that's where they tell the story, kind of the beginning of the story about the golden flower and and the queen being sick and all of that. And it brings us to Rapunzel in the tower. Clean and glow, let your power shine. Make the clock reverse, bring back what once was mine. What once was mine. I love the work that Donna Murphy does in the prologue, going from the sound of an old hag, an old witch, to grow into a beautiful woman, and you can hear it in her voice 
So skillfully done, so beautiful. Once we get to the tower, we get our opening number sung by Rapunzel, When Will My Life Begin? were written for this, uh, but eventually they were cut from the final film, and When Will My Life Begin replaced an earlier version called What More Could I Ever Need? Mencken reported that the opening number uh, went through five or six different versions. When Will My Life Begin is typically what we call an I Want song in musical theater, uh, and all musicals have an I Want song for their leading character or for their main character. Uh, It tells us about the dreams and wants of character. Uh, if you are a Hamilton fan, My Shot is an I Want song. It's a great example of an I Want song. Uh, but so is this, When Will My Life Begin? The opening riff is full of hope and energy, uh, and it's got that folk music style, the great guitar riff in there going on, the great guitar rhythm, uh, and it really moves forward and makes you smile and gives you a very hopeful feel. Um, all the lyrics really tell us uh, that Rapunzel is a go-getter. She doesn't sit around. She wants to be busy. She wants to be active. She's curious. She wants to learn. She's creative. Um, It's all the stuff she does in A Day in the Tower. Um, But there's also a vague feeling of sadness and frustration in the song. When she sings about the lights, uh, there is definitely a longing and change of tone to be more like a singer-songwriter ballad, a folk-songwriter ballad. Now that I'm older, mother might just let me go. We have a reprise of When Will My Life Begin? Uh, It's very much full of longing and sadness, I feel like. I've got my mother's love. I shouldn't ask for more. I've got so many things I should be thankful for. Yes, I have everything. Except, I guess, the door. Perhaps it's better that I stay in. But tell me, when will my life begin? Now 
Next, let's talk about Mother Knows Best, which is Mother Gothel's song, who's a, who's the villain of our film, uh, one of the great villains that they've created. So, such a great villain. Um, it's kind of an I Want song also for Mother Gothel because she doesn't want Rapunzel to leave, right? And so it's all the reasons that Rapunzel should not go out into the real world, all the mean things that are out there, all the vicious monsters, all the the evil men, all the things that she's going to run into that she doesn't know how to deal with because she's just young and innocent and doesn't understand any of that. Um, Donna Murphy makes this song brilliant. It is so good. It is one of the best villain songs I think that they've ever written. Um, And it's written in almost a jaunty Rodgers and Hammerstein style. Uh, I just absolutely love it. I also love that it is so passive-aggressive. She's constantly telling Rapunzel of all the things that are wrong with her and then saying that she's just kidding or doing it, saying it in a loving way, that she's got chubby cheeks and that there's no way she's so innocent she couldn't possibly protect herself. Uh, just love it. It also uh, deals with all the guilt that she's giving uh, Rapunzel. It is so wonderful. Um, so let's listen to a little bit of Mother Knows Best's uh, Donna Murphy's performance is outstanding, and I love. See if you can recognize that Rodgers and Hammerstein kind of feel in this song, that Broadway style in here. Um, let's take a listen. You want to go outside? Oh, why, Rapunzel, look at you, as fragile as a flower. Still a little sapling, just a sprout. You know why we stay up in this tower? I know that's right, to keep you safe and sound, dear. Guess I always knew this day was coming. Knew that soon you'd want to leave the nest. Soon, but not yet. But shh, trust me, pet. Mother knows best. Mother knows best. Listen to your mother. It's a scary world out there. Mother knows best. One way or another, something will go wrong, I swear. Ruffians, thugs, poison ivy, quicksand, cannibals and snakes, the plague. No. Yes, also large bugs, men with pointy teeth. And stop no more, you'll just upset me. Mother's right here. Mother will protect you. Darling, here's what I suggest. Skip the drama, stay with Mama. Mother knows best. Go ahead, get trampled by a rhino. Go ahead, get mugged and left for dead. Me, I'm just your mother, what do I know? I only bathed and changed and nursed you. Go ahead and leave me, I deserve it. Let me die alone here, be my guest. When it's too late, you'll see. Just wait. Mother knows best. <laughs> Mother knows best. Take it from your mumsy. On your own, you won't survive. Sloppy, underdressed, immature, clumsy, please. They'll eat you up alive. Gullible, naive, positively grumpy, ditzy, and a bit, well, vague. Plus, I believe, getting kind of chubby. I'm just saying, cause I love you, mom. 
mother understands. Mother's here to help you. All I have is one request. Rapunzel? Yes? Don't ever ask to leave this tower again. Yes, Mother. Oh, I love you very much, dear. I love you more. I love you most. Mm. Don't forget it. You regret it. Mother knows best. So we have another uh, reprise of When Will My Life Begin? And this is as Rapunzel is leaving the tower. She's got Flynn Rider, and she's getting ready to leave the tower. And you can tell that hope has returned to Rapunzel. She decides to move forward uh, with her dream um, and get her freedom. The music turns bright and sparkly. I know that's a technical term, bright and sparkly. Let's take a listen to that. Look at the world so close and I'm halfway to it. Look at it all so big, do I even dare? Look at me there at last, I just have to do it. Should I? No. Here I go. finally believes that she's going to get to do what she's always wanted to do and her dream actually may come true so great uh, and then she goes through a whole series of se- a whole sequence of self-loathing and excitement and then self-loathing self-loathing and excitement really really cute uh, and it's at that time that Flynn Rider decides to take her to the snuggly duck oh god the snuggly duck when she gets there, uh, she meets all these awful, she sees all these awful people. Um, I love that Flynn says that it smells like the color brown. That's such a great description. Um, but anyway, uh, she stands up for herself, she stands up for Flynn, and she says she's got a dream. And then these evil, awful people sing about their dreams. So many good things about this song. Um, I love it. Uh, beginning with the accordion is so funny. Just a quick little accordion riff. Um, it really sets for the song and the folksy nature of it. Let's listen to that. I know that's just a really quick little uh, accordion sequence there, but I think it's so great. Um, and it's really a sing-along song. Uh, there's a lot of call and response to it. And by the end, we're all singing... I've got a dream, I've got a dream. Um, so good. Uh, and the fact that Rapunzel finds out that she has a lot in common with these, scary, with these scary people emboldens her. It also helps them fall in love with Rapunzel and want to help her. Uh, they find that they're all not so different after all, that actually these guys maybe are just, uh, maybe these guys are just misrepresented in the world. Um, I love that their dreams are like being a concert pianist or collecting ceramic unicorns, or baking. Um, One wants to be a mime. Uh, It's so great. One just wants to fall in love. 
these big, strong men with uh, dreams that we typically associate with females and female characters, um, not to be sexist at all, but uh, in society, that's what we usually think about with these. So good. Let's listen to a little bit of that and a little bit of their dreams. I'm malicious, mean and scary, my snicker turtle dairy, and violence-wise, my hands are not the cleanest. But despite my evil look, and my temper, and my hook, I've always yearned to be a cut-to-feelers. Can't you see me on the stage performing Mozart? Tickling the ivories till they clean. Yep, I'd rather be called deadly, but my killer show too deadly. Cause way down deep inside I've got a dream He's got a dream, he's got a dream CIA does rule and vicious as I see Though I do like breaking femurs You can count me with the dreamers Like everybody else I've got a dream And lumps and bruises, plus something here that oozes, and let's not even mention my complexion. But despite my extra toes and my goiter and my nose, I really wanna make a love connection. Can you see me with the special? I also think that this song has great rhymes in it. One of my favorite rhymes is that they actually rhyme femur and dreamer. Oh my god, so great. Uh, some critics said that it has the feel of Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, and I would agree with that, uh, very much so, but it's a very memorable song about thugs being misunderstood. And at the end, she calls them lovely folks, which I love. They're lovely folks. So perfect. Wolf is into mine. Attila's cupcakes are sublime. And it's killer souls and his little puppet shows. And Vladimir collects So then we come to Mother Gothel uh, singing Mother Knows Best. It's a reprise. It's much more ominous. Um, and Gothel really uses it to guilt Rapunzel and make her feel bad about having left and challenge her to challenge uh, Flynn Rider. So very good. Let's listen to a little bit of it. Why would he like you? Come on now, really. Look at you. You think that he's impressed? Don't be a dummy. Come with mummy. Mother... No! No. Oh. I see how it is. Rapunzel knows best. Rapunzel's so mature now. Such a clever grown-up miss. Rapunzel knows best. Fine, if you're so sure now, go ahead and give him this. Ha! This is why he's here. Don't let him deceive you. Give it to him what you see. Trust me, my dear. That's how that to leave you. I won't say I told you so. No, Rapunzel knows best. So if he's such a dreamboat, go and put him to the test. If he's lying, don't come crying. Mother knows best. 
So, now we've gotten to the castle. We've gotten to the, actually, to the kingdom, not the castle. Um, and we have the song, I See the Light, um, which is really a love song. It's a, it's a pop love ballad. And I feel like it kind of wraps up the whole movie and what this movie is about. It's about a journey to see the light, a journey to find yourself. And both Flynn Rider and Rapunzel go on that journey. It's hopeful and it's a love song. Um, and it's where we see that Rapunzel and Flynn Rider really are in love. It's where we see they really fall in love. Uh, let's take a little bit of a listen to what Rapunzel sings when she sees the lanterns for the first time. All those days watching from the windows All those years outside looking in All that time never even knowing just how blind I've been Now I'm here blinking in the starlight Now I'm here suddenly Visuals in this are some of Disney's best work. Uh, the lantern scene is so beautiful. The way that it starts with the single lantern and we see it light up uh, and just build and build down the pathway. So beautiful. And then Flynn Rider and Rapunzel on the boat surrounded by these lanterns, these floating lanterns. Ugh, it's breathtaking. Um, they used 40... Here's a technical note. They made... They used 45,000 lanterns in the sequence. Uh, and it's the, the sequence the directors were most proud of, they said. Um, it is a very peppy uh, and cheerful romantic ballad. Um, I don't know that peppy is quite the, quite, quite the right word, but it is definitely cheerful. Um, and the key changes, uh, and when that key changes, it tells us that Flynn has changed his feelings uh, for Rapunzel. Um, and he's ready to give up his life of crime for her. Let's listen to that key change and listen to a little bit of what Flynn Rider sings. All those days chasing down a daydream All those years living in a blur All that time Never truly seeing things the way they were Now she's here, shining in the starlight Now she's here, suddenly I know If she's here, it's crystal clear I'm where I'm meant to go Bye. 
Such a great song. I See the Light was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song at the 83rd Academy Awards in 2011. Um, It was Mencken's 19th Academy Award nomination. Uh, Mencken said of the accomplishment, uh, I don't take it for granted at all. However, the song ultimately lost to Randy Newman's We Belong Together from Toy Story 3 in 2010. Uh, Wow, what a problem for Disney to have Tangled and Toy Story 3 come out at the same year, right? I See the Light did get a Golden Globe nomination for Best Original Song at the Golden Globes Awards in 2011, uh, which it lost to You Haven't Seen the Last of Me from the movie Burlesque. And that was written by Diane Warren and performed by Cher. And lastly, I See the Light was nominated for Best Song at the 16th Broadcast Film Critics Association Awards in 2011, losing to If I Rise from 127 Hours. It did win the Las Vegas Film Critics Society Award for Best Song in 2010, and the Best Song Written for Visual Media Award at the 54th Annual Grammy Awards in 2012. All right, so let's move on to the healing incantation. Um, It's the last specific song we're going to talk about, and then we're going to talk about some of the background uh, composition that Mencken did for the film. The healing incantation shows up throughout the whole film. We hear it at the beginning. It's sung by Mother Gothel. Uh, and then we also hear it sung by a young Rapunzel. Um, and so we know what it is. Uh, it is written in a minor key, but it's not to make it scary. It's to make it mysterious. And it really does. It's such a great, mysterious song. Let's take a listen to Rapunzel singing it. Flower, gleam, and glow. Let your power shine. Make the clock reverse. Bring back what once was mine. Heal what has been hurt. Change the fate's design. Save what has been lost. Bring back what once was mine, what once was mine. So as I said, the film starts with the with the prelude, and it's really based on the healing incantation. Uh, it uses the same chord progression. Uh, but then it grows at the end of it to reveal the tower. It is a very nice transition, and it really tells us 
uh, about the magic that's about to happen in the film. All right, let's take a few minutes and let's talk about uh, the score of this movie. Um, it's a beautiful score, and I think Alan Menken writes beautiful scores. I think he does a great job of depicting mood and um, really setting the table for what you're about to see. Sometimes he does a great job of foretelling what's coming up through a romantic uh, melody or sometimes um, by making something sound ominous so that you know something's going to happen pretty soon. He's also very good at hiding his themes throughout uh, the score. Um, And a lot of times that just takes place by using the same chord progression, which can be really hard to pick out. Um, we're not going to get that detailed into his score, uh, but I do want you to listen to a little bit of uh, the score when Flynn is running away at the very beginning of the movie. I think it really shows the urgency that can be created with a great score um, and with a great composer. Uh, and uh, So let's take a listen to a little bit of One thing that Alan Menken really wanted to do is that he wanted to combine medieval music with folk uh, music, um, you know, folk pop music. Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that he really did a good job of that. Um, I think some of his uh, background, some of his scoring does a good job of being medieval in sound, um, especially uh, a couple of pieces, one of them being... Uh, the Kingdom Dance. Uh, let's take a look, listen to that, and you can definitely hear the medieval uh, influence over that music. Another place I think he does a really good job of medieval sound is in Kingdom Celebration. Um, 
And I also love the way that he intertwines the other themes from characters uh, in it as they're talking about it. Because in the movie, they're actually kind of recapping what happens to everybody. And so it does a really nice job. So it that is done very nicely. As far as combining the medieval sound with the songs that he's written, I don't think he does a great job. Sometimes he'll add a recorder into a song. Sometimes he'll add a solo guitar into a song. But that doesn't really remind us of medieval times, in my opinion. I think um, instrumentation and style is much more important than just adding a single instrument uh, into a song to make it sound medieval. And that's a problem. Uh, Not a problem in the beauty of the score, just a problem in his desire to combine the two styles, because I don't think stylistically he does that. So um, I just wanted to bring that up. last thing we should talk about is the final song that's played during the credits. It's called Something That I Want by Grace Potter. Um, I don't even know what to say about this song. Uh, It reminds me when it starts of the ending of Shrek has that same uh, feel and uh, vibe to it. I understand why they put it in there. They always look for a pop song uh, to become popular and promote the film and to make a little bit more money off of it. I just don't think this one does it. I don't think it hits the mark at all. Um, it's not that it's a bad song, but it is very poppy, very bubblegum pop. Um, and it really does not fit the rest of the tone of the movie. Um, I'm not saying that it needs to, but it might have been better if they had taken a song that they'd already written and maybe turned that into a pop song instead of turning it over to Grace Potter to write something. A very talented writer, a very talented performer, uh, but I think it does not serve, it does not serve this movie well. Um, and uh, so let's take a real quick listen to it because I think it does deserve to be listened to a little bit uh, and then we'll wrap things up. Well, that concludes this episode of the Magic Music Review, episode number two, where we talked about Tangled. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope maybe you learned something or take something away or maybe just got some joy from being able to listen to the music and talk about it. You can find me on Facebook at 
Magic Music Review on Facebook. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm the Disney Music Dude on Twitter. You can also find me at magicmusicreview.com. That's magicmusicreview.com. That's where my website is. You can also get the podcast there. Uh, Feel free, and I would appreciate it, if you would write a review on iTunes. That helps other people find the podcast and spreads the word, uh, and that would be great. You can also find me on Stitcher uh, and at Podbean. Um, and you can also get the, the podcasts on my website. Thanks for listening. Let me know if you have any suggestions for future episodes or any comments that you'd like to make about these. I want this to be a conversation between us, not just me uh, babbling on. Let me know what you want to hear, uh, and maybe we'll make a future episode on that. And maybe we'll even have you on the podcast to talk about it and why you like uh, the music that you suggested. Well, that's everything. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you later. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Why? Because we like you. And-